both of them to be in harmony, right? Your intuition and your divine, you know, knowing and doing have to. Welcome to The Pursuit. I'm your host, Ben Spangle. I'm excited to have you here today at our show. We're all about helping you in the pursuit of your best body, mind, spirit, and life. Thanks for being here. I just wanted to come on really quickly and share with you something I created for you that I'm very excited about. You know, I'm a a big fan of using our mind and the tools that we can use within it to begin to create our life, our ideal life, the way that we want to. There's many different things that we can do this. And I know that if you're listening to this, you're intuitively, you already believe that you have the power to be, do, and have whatever you want. You already believe intuitively that you can create your life by design. But often I find people, as much as they believe it, they keep kind of repeating programs of the past. They keep, you know, self-sabotaging at times, running into the same issues or or even having struggles of the same. So maybe, you know, continuing to struggle with money, uh, maybe continuing to struggle in relationships, continuing to struggle in creating the, the body and the health and fitness that we want or whatever it might be, maybe your own personal happiness. So what I've done for you is I've created a, I think it's about five or six minutes, but a visualization that you can use a guided visualization to help you achieve your goals. I know there's things that you want. I know there's things that you can have and you can be and you can do. And so I wanted to give you a tool that you can apply in your life to begin to create that in your life and create it in your mind so it begins to show in your outer reality. So if you go to benspangle.com forward slash gift and you can download that visualization for free, the guided visualization on achieving your goals. All right, let's get you back to the show. I've been looking forward to today. I've got a good friend of mine, Chatel Story, and you are going to love our conversation. Chatel is a psychic medium. She's a certified professional astrologer, a grief support counselor, and a law of attraction master coach. Now, before I continue, if we just started with that, I know I already got most of your ears perked up and eyes perked up, so we're excited about the conversation. Um, but Chatel specializes in helping professional women moving through tough life transitions and learning how to embrace their intuition and soul-led purpose to live a life that sets their soul on fire. Now, whether we're a man or a woman, that sounds pretty awesome to me. So I'm excited about our chat, Chatel. Thanks for the time. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to speak with you yeah. and to your me, audience. Me too. Me too. So I um, – how does one become a psychic? I want to jump right into that, you know. <laughs> here's here's the biggest secret of all. Are you ready? Yes. You're born one. You're mm. born one. You're mm. it's it's your God-given gift like you've been born with this ability to perceive energy and information. You know, if you just watch a baby, they're so tuned in to their to their environment, right? And their inner, you know, inner self too. So when they're not happy, they cry. And when they're happy and content, they laugh or they go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And they're always looking to their environment for cues on whether they're loved or they belong or they don't belong, right? Mm-hmm. They'll reach out and they'll, if they get the hand, then they'll smile and they mimic their parents and they'll have this experience where they're wanting to connect with their environment. So we are naturally born to connect. And we are this energetic being having this human experience, right? There's Mm. an energy that beats your heart, that the synapse of your brain waves. We have an energy that's our vitality. Science calls it our vitality. Your medicine calls it our vitality. Mm -hmm. And when that energy, you know, guess, you know, takes its last breath, it then just steps into the world of energy, right? Your physicality Mm. having this human experience. 
So we are this energetic antenna that's always picking up energy from our environment. And mm. you can tell, right, when someone walks into the room and they're having, they're in a good mood or they're not. You can tell even from not even looking at them, right? When your wife walks in, you know if Tiffany's in a good mood or not. You mm-hmm. don't even have to look at her. You just know. Mm-hmm. So that's that energy that's in our environment, right? And we can mm. feel that. So we're all psychic. We're all intuitive, right? We mm-hmm. all know what's our, our right way to go and wrong way to go. When we're mm-hmm. in alignment, we feel happy. We're joyful. We're in alignment. And when we're not in alignment, we feel sad, jealous, guilty, shame, all those things. Just where that's not who we are on mm-hmm. an energetic plane. So mm-hmm. being psychic just means I'm able to tune into that with consciousness and feel where are you heading? What have you been going through? What's your trajectory and momentum forward? Right. A psychic's not going to change your life. What mm. changes your life is your own gifts, your own choices, the way that you align with your own purpose. And then the choices you make in every moment are creating your reality, your future. Right? Mm. You create your reality. I'm just telling you the potentials and the opportunities that are available to you and what's been holding you back from that. Mm. Hmm. And when you when you the the term psychic medium, uh, there's probably multiple ways that people would define it. But when someone says I'm a psychic medium, right, that's their one of their professions. What does that typically mean? That's interesting. So a psychic means someone that's able to tune into your energy and okay. feel what's happening for you. How are you feeling in this moment? What's your, you know, what's been happening for you as well in your past, right? Hmm. So one of the things that I had to do when I was actually learning from mediums and psychics is mm-hmm. I actually had to go, you know, we call it the brain mapping exercise where we look back from zero to seven, what was happening in Ben's life, seven to 14. And all, I couldn't even see your face. You were actually facing away from like the person I was reading for would be facing away from me or would have have to tap me on the shoulder a yes one for yes two for no so it's like you can't even read their face or their you know you can't cold read them it's really you're just you're just tapping into their energy and what are you feeling how what was happening in their life from zero to seven seven to 14 14 to 21 21 to 28 so we actually do that in advanced mediumship or advanced psychic um classes so you're you're training yourself to really listen and feel that energetic pulse of what's coming in from that person. And mm-hmm. then a medium then is able to connect to our departed loved ones who've crossed over to the other side. So they're in the world of energy and we are energy incarnate. We just then connect to energy of those who are discarnate. So you can feel the energy of your own loved ones in spirit. You have that love, you know, that bond of love is everlasting. It doesn't end when you take your last breath. It's there always. So Mm. as your grandfather stepped into the world of spirit, that love is now, he's now pure energy vibrating at a higher rate. And so you can feel when he comes to visit, he can send you messages. He can, you know, sit on your bed or he can, you know, visit you in the night in your dreams and say, I'm still here, Ben. I'm really proud of you. So Mm. there's different ways that spirit can come back and visit you and let you know that they're still there because they're still invested in you, right? You have, you're part of their own karmic cycle. They're part of your soul family. They love you. So they want to guide, love, and protect you. And they want you to know that even on the other side. So hmm. as a medium, I can feel other people's loved ones, not just my own. So wow. we all have our own loved ones in spirit. We'll all have that connection with our own loved ones that cross. But as a psychic medium, I have <coughs> that soul quality or that ability now to connect to the loved ones of others, to help them know that they're still there, to pass messages on, to help in healing and grief, or just to be a, you know, a soul light during hmm. those moments of hardship. Wow. How did, how did that show up? When did you realize that you're a medium? How did this show up in your life? Ah, it's kind of a unique path. 
it is and it isn't because a lot of the people I hang out with are psychic mediums. Sure. Too, so I'm just like, yeah, sure. it's normal for everyone, right? Um, <laughs> you're so one. Much. You're one of two that I know personally. So. <laughs> oh, I'm honored. Um, there is. I had this ability ever since I was a child. So for those people who are psychic mediums, you have this soul quality within your spirit when you're born, and it becomes latent at a time that you're meant to develop it. So mm. it'll come up at a time that it's sort of meant to be seen or to change your life in some way. So mm. as a kid, I was able to see spirit ever since I was a kid. I, I also have the ability to see aura, meaning I see the energy of people around them, you know, in colors. And so I've had that ability ever since I was a kid. And I realized at a very early age that not everybody had that ability. Sorry to interrupt you. Do you have to, okay. is it like, do you turn that on, turn that off, or it's just always present? Um, I can turn it on and turn it off. Yeah. Okay. It's, Cool. Energy is a choice, right? You have okay. a choice to feel this, you know, the energy of other people, and you don't have to do that. That that is something I actually teach a, a lot of my um, participants, people who come in to learn from me. We mm -hmm. actually learn boundaries with energy. You don't you don't have to be that. And it's interesting because it always comes back to childhood, right? If you grew up mm. in a home that was very traumatic or you, you had a lot of criticism, you had to then tap into the environment to see, are you safe? Is mm. everything okay? And so you're managing everyone's emotions. Or if you had to be the caregiver for your parents or your child, you know, your siblings, other children in the family, then you have a natural ability to hold emotions and energy for other people. And so as a child, you just naturally do that because you're like a little sponge, right? You're just kind of picking up the environment. And so when you grow up, you don't realize that that's a choice because that's what you've grown up with your whole life. Mm -hmm. So until you learn how to manage that gift, it becomes a burden. It becomes a challenge. Mm. So back to your original question, yes. I was able to see energy and spirit ever since I was a kid. And it didn't bother me. You know, I could just see them. They didn't bother me. My mom is a spiritual healer. So I always felt very you know, protected. And I, I knew that I could turn it off and on and tell them to go away if I didn't want to speak to them. But one of the things, especially growing up, so if you're listening to this on a podcast, you might not know I'm East Indian. And so I'm first generation Canadian. And my parents are, my mom's from Malaysia and my dad's from India. And so coming here and being first generation Canadian, I was born in Toronto. I just wanted to fit in. So being somebody who not only was ethnically different, but then also culturally different, my mom cut my hair and sewed my clothes until I was in grade six, okay. you know, and then now I'm seeing spirit and talking to dead people like <laughs> that was another way to really stand out and get yourself beat up, you know. Yeah. So I was like, no, I don't want that. And I put it away at the age of my, my mom said, you know, if you don't want this anymore, you can just put it away. You can okay. just be a kid. So I kind of envisioned almost like closing a trap door, you know, on the top of your head where you're just saying, no, I'm not available to this anymore. And it's really interesting because at that age of nine, up till that age, I wanted to be a designer. Mm. Like I was really creative. I was drawing all the time. I draw fashion and I was so, so creative. And then when I closed that door, I mean, looking back on it, I saw it now and see it now is that. I wanted to become a doctor. I wanted to be, become someone who helped people in, in their, actually, I wanted to become a, a pediatrician. I wanted to help children. And I was like, no, I want to, I'm here to help people. I know that. But I went mm -hmm. super science. I was really good in science and math in school. And I was like, this is what you know, did all the IB and honors courses and, you know, high school and got into first year university, got into bio biology. Cause I thought I'll go into med and I failed calculus. <laughs> and mm. I was like, okay, this isn't my path. Um, 
what now for me? And I ended up switching into business because I had to take a law course that I love, love, loved. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'll be a lawyer. And then I didn't do so well on the law entrance exam. So I ended up going into supply chain. So mm-hmm. it's really interesting. I was helping, but I always had this need to help people. Mm. I wanted to help people. And so even in every job I've ever done, I was like the therapist. People Mm. would come to me. I was also the trainer in every job I've ever been in where people would come to me and say, teach me what you know. And, hey, I'm having these problems. And what do you think I should do here? And I just was always naturally had that ability to help people. And then when my gifts started to come back in again, after I had my second child, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I got to do something with this now. <laughs> it's, mm. Now is the time to figure out what this is for me. And all mm. the doors started to open and it was mm. wild. Hmm. Are, are you able, you've told me before, are you able to share that story at that conference? You know the one I'm talking about? Oh, yes, yes. yes. Okay, so this is when my gifts started to come yeah. back in again. It, right. I was, again, I was shocked because I, I mean, here I was, So I had now moved out of supply chain as the purchaser and moved into sales. So Mm -hmm. I was a sales rep in the food industry and I was working at this amazing company. We were a food broker. We brokered many different lines of food. And the year that I came back from maternity leave after I had my second child, they now were starting to put on these kind of trade shows in Vancouver. And so everyone, I had two of my clients fly out to from Edmonton to Vancouver. I was hosting them at this big, there was 500 customers there. And then there's vendors and we were having shows and you know, it was a it was a big like three day kind of stint. And so the first two days we were hosting our customer and the last day was then sales meetings and our customers flew home and we were just doing kind of sales and, and budgets and things like that. And mm-hmm. so I flew in with my two customers and I'm sitting at the back of the room and there's a uh, a speaker. So we had a motivational speaker come in to speak to everybody at the night of the dinner. And he was this big football player from UBC, or, sorry, BC. Uh, he played, I think, with the BC Lions. I don't follow football. I'm a hockey mm-hmm. girl. Mm-hmm. So uh, this, you know, football player standing at the front room, this big giant man, his neck was like the size of both my legs together. <laughs> and he's telling the story about how the day before he won the Super or not Super Bowl, the Grey Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how much I know. Yeah. Uh, when he got, got the, won the Grey Cup, the day before he won the Grey Cup, his father passed away. And in that moment, and he was telling that story, he got a bit verklempt and he stepped back from the podium for a minute. And as he stepped back from the podium, I saw this this person appear behind him, which I knew to be his dad. And his dad put his hand on his shoulder. And as he did that, the football player took a big, deep breath in. And I saw the energy transfer. I actually could see that transfer of energy to him. And he got revitalized and he was able to step up to the podium and finish the story. And I was like, did anyone else see that? And, right. and, then, and then the person disappeared. And it was like, what? I mean, now mm. I know that was spirit or even mm. some people call it a ghost. Mm. <laughs> I laugh at ghosts. It's spirit. Mm-hmm. And so that spirit person, I was like that. Did anyone else see that? And it was almost like they're like, what are you talking about? He's, you know, he's really sad about his dad passing away and it was really weird because in that moment I knew his dad died of cancer it was a long-term you know a path to that he had suffered a lot but he hadn't seen his son I knew all these things in that moment that I couldn't have possibly known about him Mm -hmm. and then his dad appeared behind me and he said and I could feel him so this is more it feels like it's said you know but it's actually like kind of in in your mind's eye I guess or you're hearing it inwardly and he's saying you have to tell my son how much I'm proud of him how proud I am of him Mm. 
And I went, what? They're like, what is happening? And I'm looking around and nobody else is noticing. Nobody, you know, everyone else is talking to each other and no one's paying attention to this. And I'm, I'm kind of freaked out. I'm like, what are you talking about? And I could feel his hands then come like stand, like he touched my back and I started to cry because I didn't know what that was that you know when you and what I understand that now to be is when energy is interacting with you but you don't know what it is Mm -hmm. like you don't you know when someone stands in your space times a thousand right that's Mm. what it felt like so Mm. I started to cry and I excused myself went to the bathroom and I'm like what is happening this is this is crazy this doesn't happen to me like I'm here I'm coming back from sales like I'm I'm no this is not my life and he appeared again he's like you have to tell him you have to tell him there's no one else that's going to tell him you can see me and I said okay you've got to create the situation I am here, I'm working, I can't lose this job. You create the situation for me to pass this message on and I will pass it on. Mm-hmm. I can't micromanage that. And then he said, thank you. And he was gone. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay. And so that by then I, I'm on edge now. So I'm back into the room and pulled out to then, you know, get my, my clients through the food show. And then that night there was a big dinner and he was supposed to be there for that dinner. So as I was, I was totally, um, I was late to the dinner because I was trying to procrastinate. And yeah. we get to the dinner and I was like, oh, where did the guy go? He's not here. And my boss is like, oh, no, no, uh, he had to leave early. He had a family emergency. I was like, oh, thank God. Thank <laughs> God I don't have to do this thing. I don't know. What was I going to say? Like, I don't even know what I'm going to say going to this guy. So we're all good. You know, had a great night, entertained my clients. They left the next morning on the plane. And my roommate and I, so we all had to buddy up. So my roommate and I were coming. I told her what had happened the night the day before. And she's like, oh, that's too bad. You know, you could have passed on a message. It's like, well, whatever. You're not the one doing it. So we come in with our luggage because we're, we're flying out that night. And we come into the ballroom. And there is the football player standing at the, top, at the front of the room on the podium, at the podium. Mm. And I was like, what is he doing here? <laughs> this is not part of the agenda at all and our VP of purchase our VP of sales goes oh we thought it'd be really great to have him come in and talk to you guys he did such a good job yesterday we want him to come in and talk to you guys today and really help you with life stuff and really get you motivated we'll still go into sales numbers and stuff but he's going to be here for the morning and I'm like no this is not happening so I sit at the very back of the room. So there's three tables, three rows of three big round tables in this ballroom. He's standing at the front podium. I sat at the very far back table with my the girls from the Prairie team. And I was literally trying to just hold it together. Like I was trying to focus on what he was saying, but I was still receiving. And his dad was right behind me. He goes, he's here you can tell I'm going to create the situation to hang tight. And I'm like, I can't focus on anything. So, uh, and I'm the type of person that like, I put up my hand. I'm always someone to speak. You know, I've been in your event, right? I'm always mm-hmm. like, oh, I have something to say. I have something to contribute. I'm mm-hmm. a very outgoing person. I said nothing the whole time because I'm just trying to keep it together. I didn't know how to stay in communication with the spirit at that time. And still have a dialogue at that time that's hard it's almost like having your two your mind in two places so I was kind of just getting all this information what am I going to say if this happens and then at the end we now then come to lunch and he sits down and has lunch at the far corner table with the president of the company and all that stuff I'm like good he's going to leave the other way there's going to be no opportunity and I kid you not Ben he came around 
after he was finished, he came all the way around the boardroom, which was completely out of his way. And he came over to me, stood beside me, put his hand on my shoulder and said, thank you for participating today. It really meant a lot to me. And wow. I was like, that must be a dig because I didn't say anything. Yeah. I was like, this is, this is it. This is the opportunity. And right. my, my, my roommate kicked me under the table. She's like, go, go. Sure. So I was like, okay. I said, excuse me, can I see you outside for a moment? And he's like, oh, sure. You know, I said, it's just something private. I don't want to share with everyone. He's like, oh, no problem. So he goes out into the thing. And I, I'm thinking to myself, he thinks I'm a groupie. He thinks sure. I'm like so hot <laughs> on him, you know, this yeah. gorgeous man, ex-football <laughs> player. So I, I go out into the hallway and I said, okay, I just want to let you know I'm not a groupie. I don't know. So not eloquent at all. Like not the way that I would say it now. And I was just like, I'm not a groupie. You know, I don't, I don't even follow football. I'm a, I'm a hockey girl. And he's like, okay. And I said, I just want to let you know, I'm, I'm a medium, I guess. You know, I was like, I'm not sure I'm even claiming that, that I'm a medium. And, um, your dad has come, uh, your dad actually came yesterday when you were at the podium and he wanted me to pass on a message to you. And I'm like trying to remember all the things. So I'm not looking at his face at all. Like he's so much, he's a foot taller than me. Mm. And I'm sitting there trying to remember everything on my hands, right? I was like, okay, he says that you're, um, he sees you in business. He's really proud of how far you've come. You're an amazing dad. And there was a few other things that he, I sh- you know, shared on there that I don't know how anyone would know. There were some other details. And yeah. I, after I finished saying all the things, I looked up at his face and his, he was crying. He had tears coming down his face. His shirt was wet, so he was crying pretty heavily. Wow. And he went, thank you. I really needed to hear that. And I'm like, you have a good day now. And I patted <laughs> him on the back. And I, I like went back in and I was like, oh, my God, did I do that? And then, you know, as the mind goes, I was like, I could have said that better. I could have said yeah. that better. I could have looked right. him in the face. I could have right. asked if he understood what I was saying. And I realized after that I needed to do something with this gift because it was it was real. Right. Wow. There's no way I would have known any of that and the pressure. And I realize now, you know, even his dad choosing to use me as the channel, that was part of my own gifts and my own um, travel, my own journey into my gifts. Because if that had not happened, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have then been set on this path now to find out what is this? What is this? I, mm. I thought someone would say, you go see a psychologist because you're, you're hearing things. Mm-hmm. And everybody I heard you, I went to, I got my eyes checked because I'm like, I'm seeing aura. And the doctor's mm. like, no, your ears are, our eyes are fine. I started to get headaches. And the, I went to see a, um, a professional for the a neurologist. And they're like, no, you're fine. You don't have any migraines or anything. Like, it was just me learning how to understand my gifts. So mm. it was, it's been a wild ride, Ben. Wow. That's amazing. It fascinates me. It's such such an interesting thing. And uh, yeah, so is this uh, uh, you see clients in many different ways now, right? People yep. come talk to you for different different reasons. Yeah. Um, as a medium, is this something you have to be in the physical presence or can you communicate with people like like we're doing virtually right now? Would you be able to? You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yes, absolutely. That makes sense. Um, No, energy is not bound by time and space like we are. So Mm -hmm. we are physical beings and we are bound by time and space. So we can only be in one time at one at one place at at a time. So there is no ability to kind of jump times or be in different places at once. But when you now move into the world of energy, we can have energy be in different places at the same time. So it's a really... um, 
yeah, so that's why I think with COVID, it was such a blessing to me. And I realize, mm. you know, Till's listening, but, you know, COVID wasn't a blessing to everybody. And I do recognize that. Um, for me, I was seeing clients in person. Mm-hmm. I did see international clients from time to time on Skype, you know, mm, back in the sure. day. Sure. Yeah. Good old so, Skype. Yeah. yeah, good old Skype. And then when the pandemic hit, you know, we were kind of forced into isolation. Then I had to go into Zoom mode and mm. I became someone that I saw I saw people all around the world on Zoom. So it was a blessing in that way. So, yeah, there's no energy can be in two places at once. So you can mm. feel your grandfather and then I could be, you know, can be channeling or hearing what he's having to say and then, mm. you know, relay that to you. And you can even feel your you know, grandfather holding your hand and then it's, but then he's saying, oh, I'm, I'm holding you know, Ben's hand right now. Can you tell him that? So it's kind of validating what you're feeling and experiencing, but yet I can feel it and experiencing it as well. Plus, mm. if I'm connected to you, then I can also feel the <coughs> sensations you're experiencing too. So, mm. yeah, it's all, it's all very, I feel like it's all very magical, but it always makes so much scientific sense, right? Like we, mm. energy can be perceived. There's actually a lot of scientific studies that have been done where they do two experiments at, at the same place. Uh, sorry, at a different place at the same time. Mm-hmm. And if they observe one before the other, it'll affect the other experiment. Mm-hmm. So there's this whole you know thing with observation and mm-hmm. uh, our expectations and energy and our energy affecting things. So why can't the energy of spirit then transcend places too, right? Hmm. We can that, feel it multiple times, multiple <clears throat> times. Um, I don't mean this in a rhetorical way as if they're, because maybe they're always there, but like, with me right now, if you could turn on, is there somebody here with me right now? Or, and I guess why I'm asking that is, is it they're always there or they show up and do you understand what I'm getting at? Mm -hmm. Yep. So our spirits, like we have to call in support, right? Mm. So if we're struggling with something or you're looking for support in something, you can call in your guides, guardians, and loved ones from the highest realms to help you with that. And because the reason why they don't just interject and help you all the time is that we have free will. We have the ability to do what we feel is right in our own life. So at any given moment in time, you have the choice to do this or do that. You know, you can you can leave and do whatever you want or you can stay and be responsible or you can choose to spend your money, you know, whatever it is. They can't tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. So spirit isn't always going to come in and say, do this or do that or don't. You know, they're not giving you advice. So mm. I want to be clear on that. But they are being there to show you that they're still there, that they love you, that they support you. So let's say you have someone in spirit that's mm. very like a businessman, uh, someone in, you know, one of your family members was in business and you're trying to make some business decisions. You might find that you will feel that loved one more so because they have expertise in that area. So mm. they're just letting you know they're really proud of you or this is this is definitely the right decision or make what's in, you know, do what's in your heart. So, you know, when I'm doing mediumship readings for people, if they're going through a tough time, like I had a reading recently where um, they were going through a tough time in their marriage. uh, And she had actually, it was was a female client and her husband had served her divorce papers and she was devastated. So she really just wanted to talk to her her mom in spirit. And uh, well, and her mom and dad had actually had a great marriage. So it was more he didn't they didn't I mean they were there but she actually had an uncle that came that had terrible time in marriages and illuminates and things there and what she was going through and and that so it was like it wasn't the right 
she wanted to talk to her mom. Her mom was there and talked about the love that they had and that this gentleman was wonderful. She actually met him before they passed away, like before she passed away, which mm. was all evidence to what, you know, was true. I didn't know anything about her. <laughs> right. So her knowing that, um, yeah, that she had met her husband and then passed away and he was lovely and their marriage was then starting to dissolve because it was just the right time for it to dissolve. There's no, you know, reason that she could, she was committed to committed to committed. So she was so disappointed that her husband chose divorce, but mm -hmm. her husband had was no longer in alignment with that. He was no longer in love with her and mm -hmm. she couldn't come to the terms of like, why, why is mm -hmm. this happening? So people don't see me when life is great. You know, let's be honest then. Okay. So it's, it's that, it, so spirit will come in to illuminate and help you to know that someone, you know, is here and that loves you very much. I mm. keep feeling a grandfather for you. So would you understand a grandfather in spirit? Mm. I mean, I had one that I knew a little bit. The other one died before I was born. Mm -hmm. And so that's a, that brings up a really great point is that just because they die before you were born mm -hmm. doesn't mean they don't love you or don't have connection to you. Mm. Because even in the family, because this grandfather feels like he also has red hair. Um, mm. Would you understand that for one of your grandfathers, <clears throat> that they have that reddish hair or that reddish tinge to them? I wouldn't. And uh, I don't know my biological dad's side of the family at all. Oh, so it could okay. be that too. Yeah, could be there too. Because yep. there is this feeling of connection through like the red hair. So okay. it's interesting that, um, so you're adopted? Uh, well, no, my mom... My mom and my dad, who I call my dad, my dad raised right. me since I was two. My mom's okay. my biological mom, but my biological dad, I don't know that side of the uh, family. Yeah. Okay. Because it feels like, and would you know if you get the, the reddish tinge and stuff to you, like the, the coloring of your hair from your dad or from your mom? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I think, <clears throat> I think my dad's side, but I think it has to be in both even too. So somewhere in my mom's side, there would be. Would be as well. Yeah. Um, so there's that definite, that, that sense of kind of the father coming in, but it feels like grandfatherly. So hmm. it's hard when you don't know your family, mm -hmm. but it can also be really, um, I'm going to say anchoring because hmm. you would then have to either find out or they would orchestrate a way that you will find out about them at some point in time. Mm. Because that feels like that, that, that reddish tinge comes down from your, your guys, your, your dad's side of the family. Mm -hmm. And it also feels like there's this, um, yeah, I don't know if this is a stereotype, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. Mm. It feels like there's a Scottish background here mm. as well, a feeling of real pride in mm. of this ethnicity of, of Scottish, because I feel mm. like there's a kilt involved. Does that mm. make sense to you? For sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think okay. uh, my by a lot my born name was Finlay, which I'm pretty sure oh, is a Scottish name. Yeah, that's so yeah. wild because yeah. he's very proud Scottish, and I okay. feel like even going back there's there's that accent of Scotland as well. Okay. So it feels like there's you're not very far removed from Scotland in terms of you know um, heritage where they were born there and then came across and then started to have kids here. So it feels cool. like that's really quite. Um, close and yeah. there's also this nudge for you to to research your heritage because okay. um, he's wanting to bring up the shield of their family that's really okay. important and that's part of your heritage and you're you're the missing link is what he's saying from that part of the family so huh. there's a there's a actually a, it feels like okay so this would be interesting for you to research and find out if this is true mm. is it feels like there's a castle that's still in scotland that has the name of your family and wow. has the crest of the family there and that if you trace your ancestors there that you are actually welcome there Cool. So it's, it, there's a nudge for you to find out more about your heritage and know that you come by this, you know, this, this coloring and your demeanor and this 
nature of yours to be really, um, it feels like you're like very amicable and lovely and not, not a fighter, you know, you're a lover, not a fighter, so to speak. And he said, there's quite a few in the family that are like that as well, but there's also a lot of fighters in the family too. And we were, they're a very um, proud Scottish family. So you come from really good stock as he's saying Um, but to research that so you know in this case where you don't actually know about that heritage then learning about it and finding out these things and if they're true will really add like the fact that i don't know this about you and you don't know this about you that's right so it has to be coming from spirit because i'm not just tapping into some knowing that you don't yeah share well i'll do some research after we'll do a little digging i can't wait to hear how it goes Yeah, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> well, thank you for that. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I want to, <clears throat> it's all kind of in the same realm, but I do want to switch gears a little bit. Uh, a lot of people listening are entrepreneurs, right? They work, they work in some kind of business, their own business. And I mean, this would apply to anyone, could be professional, whatever. Um, but one of the things you teach is <clears throat> intuition for business, right? Using our that's intuition right. in business. And I think that more and more, it's probably just my own world, but more and more, I know for myself, I'm operating more and more of my life that way. And I find more and more people are wanting to, but it's also, there's a heavy culture of businesses all about logic, planning, strategic, etc. So maybe let's talk a little bit about it, the value of intuition in business, and then how do I actually begin to practice more of it in my life? Oh, it's so invaluable, right? I mean, we need both. Mm-hmm. You can't just be in your intuition because you're, I mean, that's just being in the world of energy. You also have to be in the world of logic and doing, right? So we call, you know, your intuition, your divine feminine nature, which is your emotional intelligence, your being, your, you know, able to receive, and then the, the doing nature of your divine masculine. So that's your, your doing, your active, your productivity, your protective nature, being out into the world. So it's, you need both of them to be in harmony, right? Your intuition and your divine, you know, knowing and doing have to come together. So when you act on your intuition, you can't lose, right? Mm-hmm. Even when you think, you know, you didn't, this didn't pan out the way you thought it was, mm-hmm. it always has leading you to an, the next step or the mm-hmm. information or experience that you needed to then take you to the next level, right? So it always works out, but it's the intuition piece. You have that compass within your soul, you know where you're meant to go in this life, what life lessons you want to experience. And mm-hmm. your brain can talk you out of your intuition All the if time, you're yeah. too heavily in that, right? So <clears throat> I come from the corporate world. I totally understand that when your brain takes over and you are in this productivity doing, doing, doing mode, that is a surefire recipe for burnout, right? Because you cannot operate on continual expansion, continual production. You have to have seasons of rest. You have to have seasons of of being inward, reflecting, and getting rid of things that are no longer aligning to you. So mm. that's the cycle of the moon. Mm. So I have a t- I, cle- I teach a class on business according to the moon as well. When you mm. ride those waves of energy that are already in the collective, they're already coming onto this planet. You are much easier aligned to mm. your own, you know, seasons of business for you and what the collective is needing from you as well at that time. So when we focus on our brain and we're sort of always in this doing productivity, getting things done, logic, practicality, we Mm -hmm. are then kind of putting ourselves outside of ourselves. You're starting to define yourself by all the systems and procedures and what is this guy doing and what's this guy's product and procedure and process. And you're so you can get so lost in the world of doing that you actually start to lose your way. 
and you start mm. to feel, and this is the biggest flag that you're on the wrong track, is mm. you don't know what makes you happy anymore. Mm. You're so busy in the doing. I know you've been through that path mm-hmm. in your life where you're like, I should be so happy and I'm not. Mm-hmm. And there's something that's missing from your purpose and your passion and your <coughs> mission because you've been so focused outside yourself on all the things that everyone else told you you should be doing and what you think mm-hmm. everyone else is doing to be successful. But mm-hmm. you actually have your own success roadmap within. And that intuition is that compass that's guiding you to that. So you'll know if it's a yes or no. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things I love, like I'm also a human design practitioner, mm-hmm. reader. So when we look at your, you know, astrology or your human design makeup, they're both kind of based on your birth time. Mm-hmm. That then shows you how you you feel your own intuition, because mm-hmm. everyone feels their intuition in different ways. Right. So it can be a gut feeling. It can be an mm-hmm. emotional response. It can just be a knowing you just might have a sense that this is where you're supposed to go. Mm-hmm. Everyone's intuition is different. So it's really important not to be like, oh, I don't feel it like that. I mm. have an emotional response for my intuition. So I know when this is a yes or when it's a no. Like when you asked me to be on this podcast, I was like, yes, that's a yes for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Right? I've had people ask me to be on their podcast and I'm like, oh, that's a no. Okay. That's, uh, yeah. I don't think that feels aligned to me. So, yeah. you know, you'll know when it's a yes and a no. And I think coming from you know, a background where I was a people pleaser, Mm. I definitely, you know, want to say yes and not disappoint anyone. So saying no has been one of the things I've really had to learn to say no to Mm. um, when it doesn't feel aligned, even though I know it might disappoint someone or it might lead to some conflict, Mm -hmm. but that's okay. I have Mm -hmm. to follow my inner knowing now Mm because I realize when I don't, like, here's the thing, you're going to get evidence that your intuition works, whether you follow your intuition or you don't. Mm. So you're going to get the evidence that you follow your intuition and it's going to lead you to wonderful things or you right. don't follow your intuition and you go, oh, I should have listened. I should have listened, yeah. I should have done the thing, right? You know, How do you feel your intuition? Um, that's a great question. I think a, kind of a knowing, you know, yeah. more of that inner knowing. But, uh, but I think a lot of it pulls up in a feeling of there's a knowingness and then the feeling of if I'm off course. So it's probably more of a, and this doesn't feel right kind of way. Yeah. I had a, uh, it's about a year ago now, maybe year and a bit actually probably, but I had this opportunity come up, um, to begin expanding kind of my online presence with this digital marketing stuff. And, and it, and it all sounded awesome. And then, uh, and then we started moving forward and something just kind of felt weird, you know, but I ignored it. Oh, and then, uh, and I, you know, kept going on and paid some money and did all this stuff. And anyways, to make a long story short, there were several points, not every day or anything, but several points where I felt like the, you know, something's, but I kept ignoring it. And then about six months later, it all completely blew up. And, uh, and I looked back and thought, okay, well that was, you know, Probably five and a half months ago, I could have prevented that. But it ended up being, it did end up being a blessing in a way because I learned so much from it. So, which brought me into the next point. But yeah, but that was a good example of it. And then the same thing too, when I knew that uh, intuitively, I knew I was meant to do more than the only, you know, just running my one business. And, but I resisted it because it felt so scary, logically, right? To actually go and step out and do something else as well. And, uh, but that's where I began to feel discontent. That's where I began to feel, you know, and this went on for probably a good couple of years actually. 
before yes. I did something about it. But then once I stepped into it, it felt right. So right. knowing and feeling, I think. Yeah. And I think that's, I love that you brought up that example because you can see when you're, when you're on the track and when you're not on the track and mm -hmm. you can easily get back on, but it's about how, how fast can you then decide I have to make, I can let go of this decision and mm -hmm. kind of back out of this deal. I used to, when I was working in um, sales, I had a vendor once say to me, she tell, do not continue to commit to a mistake even mm -hmm. after you know it's a mistake. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, that's mm -hmm. hard because once you've made the commitment, sure. how do you say, no, I I've yeah. made a mistake. I'm so sorry. Or <coughs> this is no longer aligned for me. Mm -hmm. But I realize when I say that it aligns for everybody. Cause then as I back out of this you know, thing or I realize this is no longer aligned for me, then mm -hmm. the right person then will come along and that mm -hmm. opportunity is meant for them. Mm -hmm. Right. So no, I think really the point, if it's not, yeah. not aligned for you, it's not aligned for them too. Right. Yes, whether, yes. Whether, whether the awareness is there or not. And there's another person waiting to come in to take that right. opportunity because it is aligned for them. Right. Right. So it's actually a really loving act to say, I'm sorry, this is not aligned because you're mm -hmm. just taking up the space for someone who is supposed to be there. Right. Mm -hmm. So when I mm -hmm. see it in that way, I feel like, okay, it's okay to say no because <laughs> yeah. it feels loving versus yeah. um, letting down. So how do we begin to um, apply this more in our business life? I mean, the obvious answer is just do it, but, Let's, you know, give me, give me some stuff. So how do I begin? If I'm listening, I'm thinking, yeah, I mean, I do like the sounds of that. Where do we start? Yeah, that sounds nice. How do I do it? Yeah. Uh, and and the, the only way to do that is you need space and time in your own space and time. You need, you need your, your own space and time to do that. Meaning meditation mm. is so important for that because if you're so busy listening to the world outside of you, you don't even mm. know what your own nudges feel like anymore. So having time to just be in meditation and then really feeling what makes you feel good, what helps you feel aligned, what are your yep. core values and right. are you now creating this wonderful business according to that value or have you have something changed because your values can change too, yeah. right? So as those things start to change, listening to the flags of discontent, as you know, as you said, you know, the unhappiness and the oh, something's not right. That's an invitation to come back within and go, OK, what's right now for me? Mm. So in human design, I have a lot of open centers. So when I'm spending time with people, I'm lit up by your mission. I'm mm. lit up by your ideas for me. Mm. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can work with coaches and I'll take what they tell me to do and I'll do it. And then I realize I've created this business that I absolutely do not want. Like, I don't want to do this like this anymore. And I have to spend time in my own space. So that's meditation. That's maybe going on a retreat. That's really spending time kind of you know, working on values and things. I also like to work on it with a coach that gives me that space and mm. understands that I am so malleable that I can take in the energy of things that my coaches are always like, how does that feel for you, she tells. Mm. What would that make you, what would make you feel lit up in your own life? So mm. it's more of that kind of coaching to come back into my own energy and knowing versus mm -hmm. their knowing. Cause I've had coaches that are like, you should be doing this and you should launch this and you should have an ebook. And it's like, okay, I gotta do all the things. And then mm -hmm. I'm like, wait a second, I don't want an ebook. I don't want to do that stuff. What am I doing that for? <clears throat> right. So it's that coming back to self is right. so the key and doing that. So, you know, doing meditation, I yeah. also say like, pulling cards for yourself. So yeah. Do you have an Oracle or, or angel card deck? <coughs> I have that a, might be on my list of gifts to give you. <laughs> I got a Sufi card deck. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yes. So even having a card deck, so I actually have business card deck 
from um, actually our, one of our, our mutual coaches, uh, James Wedmore. Yeah, yeah. And I will shuffle the deck and I'll pull a card and I'll put it here on on my little stand and it will remind me for the day what my mission and my intention is. Okay. And so it's kind of giving that guiding light to myself. The other thing I do as a business owner is I create yeah. my own business vision board every uh, year. Mm. And it's actually a vision board for me, but it also mm. has my business on it. Mm-hmm. And it comes from the be, do, have model. Mm-hmm. Who do you need to be to do the things you need to do to have the life you want to have? Mm-hmm. Right? We often go opposite of that. I, if I have this, then I'll be this. When yeah. I have the money, then I'll be happy. When yeah. I have the relationship, then I'll feel fulfilled. Yeah. But it's the opposite, as you know. Yeah. So I always have a vision board, and it's always sitting right there on off to the side, and it's always guiding me as my mission statement. This is one I wanted to experience this year. This is one I wanted to be, to do, to have this year. And mm. where am I off course? So when I feel off course, I come back to these things and I go, okay, what was my mission? And do I feel still aligned with that? Because things can change and that's okay. For sure. Right? But if you're outside yourself and always in the doing and the mission and, you know, people are telling you what to do next, you lose <laughs> yourself and all that. So business intuition is like, or intuition in business is listening to yourself and that guiding yes or that guiding no. And if mm-hmm. it's like even now, by this point in time in my year, so if you're listening to this, it's about, it's October. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so at this point in my year, I would have my coach already lined up for next year. Mm-hmm. I would always already have that set up. You know, I am, am incorporated. I, I'm a six-figure business. Mm-hmm. multiple six-figure business and so I am always thinking ahead like the, the, for the next three to six months and so you know I have that practical doing nature but this year I have not met a coach yet that's been a hell yes for me mm. so it, it's been a no mm. yeah, and it's and it's scary as heck Ben because by mm. now I would have it all organized and I don't have it at all organized for I mean I know what I want to launch and all the things that are going to happen next year mm-hmm. but I don't have a coach yet lined up for it and I keep hearing it's going to come I have to mm. keep space open so when that person comes along I can say yes mm. I'm not committed because I only will commit to one business coach at a time mm-hmm. so yeah it's been really interesting to listen to that and it feels uncomfortable mm. And I know the right person will come along and I'll be, uh, it'll be a yes. But for right now, it's a no to all of them. Mm, mm -hmm. So even when it's hard, Mm -hmm. say no. Yeah, it's a challenge for sure. But I guess learning to practice those inner, inner nudges, inner knowings. And, you know, I think as I'm practicing more and more in my own life, especially right now, right now, my thing is, because I've, for a long time, I was a doer, lots of doing. And, uh, you know, it worked in, to a degree, but it didn't lead to a really happy and fulfilling life. And I still get a lot of stuff done. So one of the things I'm always on about, even when I teach this stuff, I don't like sit at home and do nothing. Um, <clears throat> I still get a lot of stuff done. And I'm at this point right now where I'm all about what's my path of least resistance and what feels right in the next step, what feels right. And so I'm actually doing way less. Um, what's cool, though, is like... You know, I'm making more money in my businesses than I ever have and just kind of following, you know, what, what feels right, you know, what feels like the next step. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. Less is more. Actually, that's my thing for next year. So it's kind of ironic that you've got that Uh, less is more. Right. I mean, I, I think that's the path of every entrepreneur, you know, the roller coaster. You do more, you do more, you do more, and then you burn out. And now mm-hmm. you're like, OK, like you raise your prices, you're taking mm-hmm. less clients, you know, mm-hmm. and that, that that roller coaster continues to show you the highest heights of, you know, your evolutionary 
um, path in your business. So mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely, I feel you on that less is more piece and mm-hmm. that listening to yourself, like really just trusting that those nudges, mm-hmm. even when it feels a little scary, you mm-hmm. don't know how you know, but you just know that you know, mm-hmm. you know, that's intuition. What, <coughs> what's an example for you of, um, if there's one that comes to mind, whether it was a personal one, whether it was one of your clients of, um, an intuitive impulse and or decision and then what that led to. And one of those kind of like, wow, you know what I'm talking about that? Yes. Yeah. It was a hell yes. Um, I think the looking back on my life, there was definitely, I think this is brain versus you know intuition or your ego versus soul. Right. Mm. So I graduated university with my business degree and I'm like, okay, hey, I want to go and be a lawyer. This is what I'm supposed to do as a brown woman. Either mm. you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, an engineer, like that's what right. you got to do. So I'm like, sure. I'll be a lawyer. I, I was very, really, I loved it. So I went and did the LSAT and I studied for it, everything 50th percentile. I was like, okay, I'm middle of the road. I'm not, I'm not, I'm better than half the room, but I was definitely not as good as the other half the room. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I need this to get in. So I studied and studied and this is the doing, right? I took the Kepler, uh, the Kepler, I think there was a, a study, the course you could take. I had a tutor. I was doing all the practice exams. I went and wrote the test again. And yeah. I got 50th percentile again. Okay. So I was like, okay, this is fine. Okay. I'm, I obviously I'm not, this is not where I'm going to do well. Now okay. I have to upgrade my GPA. So I'm going to do an after degree. I was going to do an after degree in criminology. And uh, I got into UBC at that time. My husband proposed and he's like, come, come with me. And I'm like, okay. So I mm. went to live in BC and I did my first week of university and I hated it. Mm. And it was to the point where I was like, this is not meant for me. And, mm. and again, there was no clear path of what I'm supposed to do yet. Mm. Right. It was just like, this is not it. Mm. So I kind of just had to trust. And my intuition's like, this is not for you. She tell like, you know, I'm sitting there and, and I'm in my first classes and I was like, this is not, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do these classes. I don't want to do these tests. So I withdrew. I got all my money back, thankfully. I didn't have to do it on loan. So I got all that kind of money back was kind of seed money to live there. Mm. And, and then I was looking for a job. And so I was kind mm. of trying out things I was serving. Uh, I, you know, I, I was a career server at that point. And my, I just knew I was waiting. Like it was almost like there was just, I knew the right thing would come along, but to wait was so hard as a doer. Right. Mm. And I know you're a doer too. So to wait for the right thing to come along was so hard. And then my husband came home and said he was the um, food services manager at the keg at the time head office in Vancouver. And he's like, my, my um, kind of colleague in purchasing is quitting. And he hated her. She made his life awful. She was in marketing. She wasn't in purchasing. But, mm-hmm. You know, she was a marketer. So she didn't know how to do all the purchasing. And I'm like, that's my degree. You know, mm. I have like supply chain and background in restaurants. Like I could do that job in my sleep. And I said, what do you think about me applying for that job? And my husband's like, that's yes. Like, <laughs> I think we would work amazing together. Mm. We did. We worked really, really well together. And mm. I went out for the job and I got it. And I was like, so there was a real kind of pivot in terms of listening to my intuition of like, Mm -hmm. it's not now, you know, Mm -hmm. it's this for sure. I mean, I have lots of experiences where like even um, there was an event, uh, it was called Money Boss. Uh, She's a money boss from my coach now, whose name is Selena Gray. And it was in 2019. And I was like, the tickets were expensive. Mm -hmm. And it was a three day conference. And I had to take time off from work to do it. But I'm like, I have to be here. Like there's something that was driving me to be at this thing. Mm -hmm. And I convinced a few people to come with me. 
I met a bunch of people there and then like Selena has been my coach for the last three years and mm. like up leveled by business in such profound ways, you know? So it's like, I knew I had to be there, but like the money, the time, the day, you know, all the things I made it work. Cause I knew I had to be there mm. and it was a game changer for me. It's mm. awesome. So, yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's one of those things that it's amazing when we follow, I've never actually met someone that said I, I followed this inner nudge or knowing and it worked out bad for me, you know? <laughs> well, sometimes it does. I okay. do have someone that was like, okay. you know what? I was supposed to, I felt this nudge to date this guy. I felt like this was supposed to be the thing. Uh-huh. And then they met and then they, they, they got along great. Everything was awesome. And then he ghosted her mm. and she's like, why would I get that nudge? And I right. said, well, what did you learn? Mm. What did you learn on that? And she's like, well, I actually had this, um, wanting, I knew I needed to know him. And I was like, okay. And so did you? And it was the first time she had opened her heart up to love after mm. her divorce. Mm. And then after that, even though, I mean, he was a total scammer and whatever. So that was the unfortunate, but yeah. after that, that opened her heart to love. And now she's dating someone else she met on the app. So nice. she never would have been on the app right. had she, you know, been open to it and then given her, given herself this chance to love again. Right. So, yeah, it can lead you to a place where you thought, like, what? I, right. I met a scammer on here. She told right. me I thought my intuition right. said, and then it wasn't the intu- it wasn't the scammer. It's the experience that came later that right. all made sense why she was there and what right. happened. Right. right. So right. when you're looking back, you'll be able to connect the dots. But yeah. sometimes in the moment, you're like, mm, what? I thought so this true. was where I was supposed to go, but it yeah. didn't happen how you thought it was going to happen. Yeah. Right? I think we get what we want or we get the lesson we need, you know? Yes. Well said. I love yeah. that saying. Yeah, yeah. Well said. Cool. Well, um, Chitel, where can people connect more with you? Let's direct them to that. Oh, I love that. Um, I'm on Instagram all the time. I yeah, you actually are. You really do a great love job. social media. Thank yeah. you. I love connecting. Like I'm an extrovert. So mm-hmm. connecting on Instagram, if you DM me, I'll DM you back. You know, I am someone that is active. It is my account. Uh, and so, yeah, <coughs> social media, she tells story, um, on Instagram, it's exactly my name. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if you want to know more about my offerings or you want to learn more about intuition, I teach intuition development throughout the year. Mm. I should just have a class that's started, but I'll have another one starting in February cool. and, um, that she tells story.com. So really su- super easy. It's perfect. It's perfect. Well, I've loved our conversation and thank you for sharing so much. It's fun. I'm excited Jeez. to check out, uh, do a little research into the Finlay heritage too and see, yes. I've, I've never looked at it, you know, never. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they're cheering you on. Like there's a whole bunch of, you know, lineage over there that's waiting for you to find them because it's, it's actually a big part of, I think when you find them and this is intuitive download, are, are uh, okay if I share? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like when you find them, there's going to be a piece that's been missing that you didn't realize was missing this whole time. So it feels like, cool going to fill in a whole part of you and a, a part of your heritage that you're like, Oh, no wonder I like this. And no wonder I do this. And okay. this is, this feels like you belong, like you yeah. belong there. Yeah. So cool. I can't wait to hear how it goes. That's awesome. Well, I'll, I'll keep you posted. I'll let you know once yeah. I do a bit of digging for sure. Yes. And uh, Hey everybody, I know you love today. Connect with Chetel. She's wonderful to be around. And uh, if you're interested in learning more, go to our website there for sure, but definitely connect with her on social And if you're new to the show, as always, make sure you subscribe, share this episode with somebody that it might feel right. That name's coming to mind. You're getting the intuitive impulse. I got to send this to so-and-so. 
send it to so-and-so, right? Trust it. I love it. that. <laughs> I actually got this nudge to, to say that, you know, if you feel like someone is grieving or having a hard time with someone who's transitioned into spirit, then mm. absolutely send them this so they mm. know that they are truly being, you know, guided, loved, and protected from the other side. And there is another way to handle grief um, that is, is really soul-based. So but please do share this episode. And review, right? Ben's reviews go. are so good. Reviews. <coughs> Five star. Five Thank star. you. Let's do it. Okay. Hey, thanks, everybody. Thanks, Chatel. We'll see you soon. Bye. Thank you. Bye.